RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Tom McElindon. The headlines. Officials scrap plans to take money off older welfare recipients who fail to seek work. A government lawyer hits out at the MTR Corporation and its main contractor on the troubled Hung Hum Station project. And a mainland rights lawyer who was missing for years is sentenced on subversion charges. The government suspending plans to deduct $200 from elderly welfare recipients who failed to join a scheme to find work. The policy would have affected CSSA recipients aged 60 to 64 from next month, when the age for elderly welfare is raised from 60 to 65. The Labour and Welfare Secretary, Lord Chi Kwong, says because of different views over this $200 deduction, officials will hold off for at least six months. Meanwhile, lawmakers on both sides of the political divide insisted the government withdraw the decision to raise the age for elderly welfare. Civic Party lawmaker Kwok Kar Kee says the government isn't trustworthy. It's entirely unacceptable. Perhaps what has been said by the secretary is only a delay tactic. He never promised that he would withdraw this proposal of taking away $200 from all the recipients aged between 60 to 64. I think the whole arrangement is so disappointing. The government is changing the policy every day. We can't trust this government. A government lawyer has told an inquiry into allegations of shoddy work at the Hong Hum station that the MTR Corporation failed as a project manager and lashed out at its main contractor, Leighton. Wendy Wong has more. Wrapping up his final submission, senior counsel Richard Kaur for the government said the railway company had failed to show the skills and care reasonably expected of a competent project manager. He said the corporate's failings were disappointing. And he has strong words for Leighton. Mr Kaur said it was startling that the contractor was reluctant to accept his deficiencies even when faced with clear and concrete evidence of his failures in supervision, inspection and record-keeping. He said Leighton's belief that he had done nothing wrong and could shift the burden of responsibility to other parties demonstrated his complete lack of any sense of responsibility. He accused it of showing a considerable degree of corporate arrogance. He noted that both the MTRC and Leighton has failed to investigate why steel reinforcement bars at the station had been cut short and then failed to introduce remedial measures despite knowing this had happened. Meanwhile, Mr Kaur said the government would review its own monitoring role and make improvements. He also noted that a civil engineering expert a court during the inquiry, Francis Au of the University of Hong Kong, has suggested more tests and calculations should be done to assess the strength of the station. The lawyer said the government was happy to undertake that task as long as MTR and Leighton provide the relevant data. The MTRC, Leighton and several other contractors will give final submissions today and tomorrow. The inquiry is due to report by February 26th. The government's relaxing a scheme to encourage drivers to upgrade their cars to electric. Under the one-for-one car replacement scheme, drivers can get up to $250,000 off the first registration tax for a new electric car if they scrap their old car, which they've owned for at least three years. Officials have now reduced the ownership period to at least 18 months and the car registration period to 10. The government says the changes take effect from today until at least 2021. The last of the mainland human rights lawyers detained in a widespread crackdown in 2015 has been jailed for four and a half years. A court in Tianjin found Wang Chuangjiang guilty of subversion. Cecil Wong has details. While the hundreds of other activists and lawyers swept up in Beijing's so-called 709 crackdown were either tried or released, Wang Chuangjiang's whereabouts went unknown for years. His wife carried out high-profile marches and even shaved her head in protest. Late last year, authorities told her that her husband would go on trial for subverting state power. 
Mr. Wong had defended political campaigners, Falun Gong followers, and the victims of forced land seizures. Court documents that he worked with Swedish activist Peter Dahlin, who was himself detained in China before being deported, and the two men were said to have trained hostile forces. As well as the four-and-a-half-year prison term, the courts in Tianjin said Mr. Wong was being stripped of his political rights for five years. In Hong Kong, the China Human Rights Lawyers Concern Group had staged protests outside Beijing's liaison office over Mr. Wong's detention, and the Bar Association had also called for his release. The Heritage Foundation's called on the Hong Kong government, businesses and people to do more to point out how the SAR differs from the mainland, saying this is crucial to maintaining the city's competitiveness. The think tank published its annual index of economic freedom last week and ranked Hong Kong as the world's freest economy for the 25th straight year. But the foundation gave Hong Kong a score in the judicial effectiveness category, which was almost identical to what mainland China received. The foundation's ambassador, Terry Miller, says that's down to perceptions and media coverage which Hong Kong needs to address. The alarming thing to me about that is that it would seem to indicate that there's a blurring in people's minds about whether you can differentiate between China and Hong Kong on an, on an indicator like this. And I, I think it's very important that the Hong Kong government and businesses and uh, really everyone in Hong Kong make sure that they are making clear the differences between this economy, this regulatory environment, this judicial environment and that that prevails on the mainland. The United States has warned Venezuela that violence or intimidation against American diplomats or the opposition leader, Juan Guaido, will be met with a significant response. The U.S. is one of a number of countries to have recognised Mr. Guaido as interim president. Addressing troops taking part in military exercises, President Nicolas Maduro urged them to be ready to defeat an imperialist coup attempt. Mr. Guaido warned the army not to intervene. Soldiers of the Venezuelan homeland, today I give you an order. Do not open fire on the people of Venezuela. Do not shoot those who have clearly and constitutionally come out to defend your family, your people, your work and your livelihood. Mr Guaido has called for protests across Venezuela on Wednesday and Saturday to demand fresh elections. Mine in Giant Valais coming under increasing pressure over the deadly collapse of a dam at one of its iron ore mines in southeastern Brazil. 58 people are known to have died and more than 300 others are unaccounted for. The local mayor blamed the company for Friday's tragedy. Here's the BBC's Julia Canero. Rescue and recover operations continue in Brumadinho, with firefighters struggling to reach areas inaccessible on foot at times crawling over soft mud to progress through the sea of sludge left from the dam collapse. A spokesman for the fire department says emergency workers still haven't managed to reach some of the worst affected areas, such as the cafeteria of the mining complex where many workers were having lunch when the dam collapsed. A counter-movement to the Yellow Vest anti-government protests in France has held its first march in Paris. Police said 10,000 people took part. The movement, branded the Red Scarves, called for an end to violence and chanted yes to democracy, no to revolution. This protester explained why she joined them. Why have I come? Firstly, to show that not every French person supports the Yellow Vests. 
contrary to what people might think, and more importantly, to show my support for democracy, because I think it's quite worrying to have a movement that's part of the entire population calling for the resignation of the president, who was democratically elected for five years. Egypt's announced the discovery of the ruins of an ancient winery believed to be from the Greco-Roman era more than 2,000 years ago. Here's the BBC's Youssef Taha. The head of the Supreme Council of Antiquities, Mustafa Waziri, said the find is unique because of its architectural style, characterized by the very thick adobe walls of the wine storage compartments, which are of different sizes. Another expert, Dr. Ayman Eshmawi, said small blocks of irregular sizes were used along with adobe in the foundations, probably to regulate the temperature of the wine, one of the best at the time. The ruins in Troji, 60 kilometers south of Alexandria, also include living quarters for staff. Coins were found dating back to Ptolemy I, who ruled Egypt over 2,300 years ago. Experts from 14 countries have appealed for a global treaty to defeat the intertwined pandemics of obesity, hunger and climate change. A report by the Lancet Commission on Obesity said powerful vested interests in the food industry are helping to perpetuate an unsustainable imbalance. Professor Karina Hawkes from City University in London contributed to the report. What's happening at the moment is that all the incentives of the marketplace are trying to encourage people to buy more, 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 more. That's more food, eating more food, and that's bad for obesity. And more, more, more consumables is bad for climate change because it means more goods are produced and more consumed, which is responsible for greenhouse gas emissions. And the inequality in that system means that there are still people who don't consume enough. Researchers in Scotland say genetically modified chickens provide a cheap way of producing protein-based drugs, raising the possibility that they might eventually be used on humans to treat some cancers and arthritis. Here's the BBC's Palab Ghosh. Many diseases occur when the body stops being able to produce enough of a certain chemical or protein. Such diseases can be controlled with synthetically produced replacements, but these can be very expensive to manufacture. Researchers at the Rosslyn Institute near Edinburgh found a way to dramatically reduce production costs. They inserted a human gene that normally produces the vital protein into the part of the chicken's DNA involved with producing their eggs. The researchers found that the white parts of the eggs laid had relatively large quantities of the protein, which could be extracted and purified. The United States has lifted sanctions imposed on three companies linked to the Russian oligarch Oleg Deripaska, an ally of President Putin. The U.S. Treasury Department said the three aluminium and energy producers had reduced Mr Deripaska's shareholding and severed his control. Sanctions against the oligarch himself remain in force. One of the companies involved is Rusal, which is listed in Hong Kong. Its shares hit their highest level in more than nine months during Hong Kong trading. They rose as much as 5% to $3.13 each, the highest since April 2018. Earnings at mainland industrial firms dropped last month for a second straight month on sluggish factory activity. Profits in December were down 1.9% from a year earlier to 680 billion yuan after a fall of 1.8% in November. That was the first contraction in nearly three years. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,697, 127 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $53 billion. Currencies and the US dollar is trading 109.35 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar 14 cents and the pound's worth 10 Hong Kong dollars 35 cents. Now to sports and here's Atom Joe.
First, the football and the English FA Cup, where Chelsea progress, but Spurs are out. For Crystal Palace to give them a 2-0 lead. Left foot, it scores! Down the middle, Andros Townsend with the goal. Our Tottenham Hotspur heading out of their second domestic cup competition in four days. Tottenham have indeed been knocked out of a second cup competition. They suffered a 2-0 defeat in their fourth round FA Cup match at Crystal Palace just days after their League Cup semi-final loss to Chelsea. Connor Wickham marked his first start in over two years with the opening goal. It meant an awful lot. The emotion, you know, my eyes lit up when it, when it came across. I think, you know, when you're putting the ball in the back of the net, there's, that's what you're you're looking for when you're you're injured and that's the inspiration to come back. Holders Chelsea are through to the fifth round after beating Sheffield Wednesday 3-0. Wednesday were awarded a penalty with the score at 0-0 but that was overturned by VAR. Chelsea assistant Gianfranco Zola says that proves the game was closer than the score suggests. I've always been in favour of the VAR. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a system that, uh, if it's used properly, can really help uh, in a lot of situations. Luckily today, it helped us, <laughs> and, uh, and we are very pleased with that. The first semi-final match of the Asian Cup gets underway tonight. Iran take on Japan, who have won four of the last seven editions of the tournament. Iran coach Carlos Kiros says it's important his side concentrate on playing their own style of football. We play against the most prestigious and uh, successful national team of Asia. They have uh, brilliant players, brilliant football. They won this trophy four times. But the most important thing it is to be ourselves. If you're not able to play one game without being ourselves, it doesn't make sense. And uh, after eight years and after so many sacrifices, after so many games, now we have uh, one game, a semi-final, to play against a great team. We need to be ourselves. We need to go inside the, the pitch, no matter what happened, and express our football and say we are Iran. The winner tonight will play whoever comes up victorious in tomorrow's semi-final match between Qatar and the host UAE. In the Spanish league, Barcelona re-established their five-point lead with a 2-0 victory at Girona. Real Madrid are back up to third after winning 4-2 at Espanyol. In Italy, an 89th-minute penalty by Cristiano Ronaldo gave Juventus a come-from-behind 2-1 win at Lazio. That extends their lead to 11 points over Napoli. And that's your look at sports. And to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. Officials scrap plans to take money off older welfare recipients who failed to seek work. A government lawyer hits out at the MTR Corporation and its main contractor on the troubled Hongham Station project. And a mainland rights lawyer who was missing for years is sentenced on subversion charges. The news from RTHK. Anyone can ever have, but it's all worth this treasure. True worth is only measured not by what you got, but what you got in your heart. You can have, you can have everything. But what does it, what does it mean? 
can do, then you can look in the mirror, proud of who's looking back at you, define the life you're living, not by what you take, but what you're giving, and if you bet on love, there's no way you'll 